0: Hello folks, pick it up from the last time, talking about Lyotard and the metaverse. Lyotard defined postmodernity as an incredulity towards metanarratives and what we get with that is a world of difference, a world of fragmentation. We are becoming untethered from traditional grand stories, grand narratives, tell-all stories. Instead, We live in a world of overlapping language games, a plurality of language games, a plurality of micro-narratives. And when it comes to something like the metaverse, the metaverse to come, the metaverse that we are, can we say that the metaverse then is a meta-narrative? I don't think so. The metaverse, as I've been talking about in the last episode, if it is to become fully operational, it will have to be decentralized. It will be created, programmed, operated by an incredibly wide range of groups, individuals, contributors. So, in a sense, the metaverse is a fulfillment of Lyotard's prophecy about the postmodern condition. If anything, it's an amplification of the postmodern condition. But the question I want to ask is, what does it do to our subjectivity? What does it do to ourselves, our our cognitive well-being. What might the consequences be of the metaverse? The metaverse then, or even the next generation internet, or even perhaps how the internet is now transforming our thinking, our relationships, our lives, our emotional development. That metaverse implies that the development of the human being, in terms of our enrichment, or even deleteriously, implies that the human being is inhuman. Now That is not necessarily a value judgment. When Lyotard is using the term inhuman, he's not saying that the development of technologies or advanced technologies or the proliferation of digital communication is necessarily morally corrupt. He's not saying that our latest technological innovations have an inherent inhumanity about them or a cruelty. Of course they can. I think the idea in Lyotard's book, The Inhuman, is that the inhuman means that ourselves, or what we once took to be ourselves at least, is now technologically mediated, it is technologically distributed, it is extended. And that demands thinking about, that demands questioning, and that demands a rearticulation of what it is like to be a human being. If we're technologically mediated now, if that is what we are, then to what degree is our thinking transformed? And even in what ways, you might ask? Well, Lyotard, and the inhuman suggests that cognition is now it's delocalized, it's derealized, it's depersonalized. This can be a problem or it can afford us opportunities. But in terms of our psychic experiences, the intensification of the digital world, the intensification of the technosphere if we want to call it that, means that we are starting to experience reality in a distributed way, in terms of processes in terms of relations, rather than say a one-to-one cognitive relations where I'm a subject and I can recognize and judge objects in the external world. Our experience is now becoming flat, distributed, and depersonalized and derealized. Depersonalization is the idea that we are losing our sense of agency, or our agency is transforming to some degree. and That is what depersonalization is, That our control over the world, our willing, our autonomousness is meaningful only in relation to technological mediation. And you might ask for an example. Well, next time you're thinking, ask yourself to what degree are your WhatsApp groups intruding on your first-person consciousness. Another consequence for our psychic well-being is... That perhaps is something we have not come to terms with is derealization, and this is an interesting one. Rietta hints at this, alludes to this in the inhuman. Derealization is a feeling of unreality, a feeling of unreality. So, in depersonalization, individuals have a diminution of agency. In derealization, individuals experience the objective world in an unreal sense, not. In an illusory sense, not as it is unreal, as in it is not there. Unreal in that we have a feeling of unreality about what is reality, which is interesting. We're experiencing reality as as if it is unreal. And that is something we probably haven't come to terms with yet. We haven't come to terms with the sense that the internet has delocalized us. It is not beyond the bounds of time and space, but alongside it. I think Matthew Ball has written a very influential essay on the metaverse. It's quite long. I will put in the show notes for you. But he gives us some useful pointers on what it would be like to be an inhuman, let's say, on the metaverse. For Ball, the metaverse will be an expansive network, or a real-time widrig of worlds, simulations, group interactions, events. And, as we've been saying all along, the human beings' cognition in the metaverse will require a transcending of the the digital and physical worlds, or it won't matter any longer. So, our cells that are cyberpunk syntheses. And the sooner we grasp this, the better. Or that's the thought, at least. But also, I think the metaverse is asking us to embrace a more anarchic self. There will be, effectively, an unlimited number of users, individuals, and... They will spontaneously self-organize into informal groups, or corporate and commercial interests, or institutional interests. This will mean that our experience of the world will be decentralized, but if you want to put that constructively, it will mean that we are going to be required to engage with other human beings without the mediation of institutional authority or central regulation and the idea i think there also is that we will be more self-reliant another consequence of what politics the metaverse will give to us is the idea of interoperability and this follows on from the idea of the anarchic self i've just been speaking about there'll be a breaking down of gatekeepers and platforms so what I can do on one platform can be reiterated or translated or communicated or revalidated in another. I think perhaps I might disagree with Bell there a little bit, at least as the internet currently looks. The internet currently tends towards sexualization. For example, there's less and less free access. There's more subscriptions, even micro-subscriptions within subscriptions, more paywalls and so on. But Bell's point does stand, I think, that what the metaverse actually does is inculcate a newer sense of desire for commercial rootlessness. It's unregulated free enterprise, is what he's looking for, really, I think. Uh, In the metaverse, then, the current internet fosters brand loyalty, brand localization, identification, and whether this is a propriety over-identification, even behavioural expectation, whereas our newer selves will be freer, more volatilistic, more spontaneous, and will be more entrepreneurial, I think. That's, That's the implication here, more entrepreneurial. I think that's something that Leotard would be concerned about. Leotard gives us a critique of what is now known as neoliberalism, the idea that all selves are entrepreneurial selves. Another Consequence for human subjectivity, through The metaverse is the idea of indiscernibility, and this is subject to be adopted. I think some people might balk at this. The idea is that the metaverse will be synchronous and live. We we'll probably see examples of this on Twitter, on Rolling Newsfields, and things like that. There are the moments of convergence that are that give us a clue to the technological convergences to come and. If the metaverse or Internet 2.0 or the Internet of Things or whatever you want to call it is continually synchronous, is continually live, if it's working consistently for everybody in real time, then what we have to acknowledge is there is no exit. There's no going back. There's no resets, no pause buttons. The metaverse will just continue on indefinitely and what we now take to be present, or what we've taken to be present in the past, is going to be the metaversal experience. Or I think for Lyotard, the metaversal in human, where we are within the internet, rather than merely accessors of it. Where it will have its own fully functioning economy, where free enterprise, profit, incentives and reward systems will be carried out, worked, engaged with, lived in real time, forever now some people will i think some people will find that horrific but like pandora everything's out of the box and all we're left with is hope which of course is one of the greatest curses of all and that's why we can say that what leotard calls the inhuman is synonymous with any development of advanced technology we can no longer distinguish presence there's no immediate thereness and our virtual world, our digital lives, our informational systems, our forms of communications, we get a reality which is very different, not tied to locale, culture, geography. So the competing narratives about how the metaverse, or what I prefer to call the technosphere, will transform our lives is on the one side we have The sense that this loss of agency, this loss of self is valuable, utopian even. People will naturally form into anarchistic online communities where they can democratically decide things voluntarily, without regulation, without oversight, without any authoritarian prohibition. This can be a boon for distributed networks, free enterprise, or people who just want to be connected or connected communities. People who are lonely. But at the same time, I think Lyotard's concern, his concern about the inhumanity of our distributed technological world, asks us to remind ourselves that the metaverse is still going to be something that is engineered. The technosphere can provide a sense, a dizzying sense, an abyssal sense that all is possible. Everything can happen. And that's its appeal. But there we run the risk of having a unlimited sense of being human. The inhuman metaverse would be then an expression of the logic of development, the logic of efficiency, which Leotard talked about so long ago. There, technology as it progresses will always strive to make improvements, successfully or otherwise, and will strive to make those improvements in an unlimited, indefinite way. And the human being is currently a being that makes sense of itself in terms of its limits the limits of his life, the limits of its ambition, the limits of its geographical locale. So I think Lyotard is cautious about fostering a sense of limitlessness. If we are to have a metaverse, it will have to be one that embeds a sense of proportion, a sense of relation, a sense of plausible creative possibilities. A drive for a life without limits as if the world was an infinite reservoir of possibility, that is dangerous. The logic of development that Leotard talks about, and the metaverse is fairly obviously, to my mind, the latest iteration of that, that is something that will go on and on until the planet is no longer sustainable. Or if we figure that one out until the sun burns out, until we leave the solar system. Leotard was a post-war thinker, remember especially in terms of responses to the Enlightenment. This is something he shares with a lot of the post-humanist thinkers, a, a critique of Enlightenment values. Nietzsche was writing from the 1950s onwards, and from that perspective, the Enlightenment contributed to two horrific world wars, or that's the claim at least. He shares that sentiment with the Frankfurt School. The Enlightenment leads to barbarism, an unquestioning belief in technological progress, rationalism, industrial innovation, scientific Development, well, not necessarily banned themselves, these practices have many pernicious negative consequences. They do not necessarily lead to a revolutionary utopia. This, of course, is a contentious claim, as one can easily make the counterclaim that none of those horrific phenomena that we saw during the wars and after the wars are necessarily defined by rationality, and are perhaps some of the most extreme cases of irrationality. But Utah is making a more complex case. The philosophical point is that any technological innovation, this includes a metaverse, this includes ChatGPT, must begin by being organized in terms of instrumentality. Technology is instruments, it's tools. That's a fairly banal point. That is, the type of thinking it inculcates is means-to-end thinking, rather than thinking of humans in terms of pure means are. As a form of possibility that humans can be other than what they are. This he takes from Heidegger. Martin Heidegger is a German philosopher. Technology holds the inherent possibility, even the inherent danger, if you're Heidegger, to understand the human being as a type of inventory, as something that is there merely to be counted, to be stalked, to be manipulated, or something that is there to be manipulated, to be used. The key point here is not just economic or not just social, but metaphysical. It's a metaphysical proposition. Technological advancements change what we are, not different bits of how we are, or different parts of what we are. Something like the metaverse, something of that radical, transformational, technological possibility is existential. It induces an existential change. As in, it makes us different types of beings. And that's what Leotard is trying to think through. The scientific technological worldview, the techno sciences, and again, I have to say, he's not saying that science or technology is necessarily bad. In fact, science and technology and the different forms of engineering can be very, very good in many instances. Whether well, reality in the form of the metaverse will be the fulfilment of the scientific technological world picture or whether it will enable us to insert contingency, difference, unpredictability, those things that Leotard loves into his machines remains to be seen. But importantly, I think that question is still at stake. Leotard's primary concern about the techno-scientific worldview is more directed at the global framework imposed upon humanity. He's not so much bothered about people doing stuff online. Or doing stuff with technology, but he is concerned about the conjunction of technological acceleration and untrammeled capitalism, where the human technological interface may have very pernicious consequences for the human being. In what ways do they become pernicious? Well, with regard to the metaverse, are what the metaverse is proposed to be, it could encourage very structuring or very determining forms of thought. That jars with the revolutionary anarchic version of what the metaverse will be. I think that's Lyotard's concern. The metaverse is something that's going to be engineered and an engineered object or an engineered artefact requires form of limited technological thinking. So if we are going to have something like the Metaverse, does that mean then that it will amplify overly prescribed forms of thought, things which delimit our freedom, which delimit our contingency? And that is the warning of his book, The Inhuman. If our contingency, our ability to be other than we are, becomes neutralized, becomes quenched, if the demand for Predictability, algorithmic replication looms large, then what is predictable only ensures humans can work on very, very specific predetermined paths where we all worship at the the altar of efficiency and optimal performance. If so, then we lose out on the the accidental the contingency, the sheer openness of the world, the unclassifiability of the human unclassifiability is exactly that which helps us resist the technological nihilism present in our tools, and that is the core of Leotard's aesthetic confrontation with technological nihilism. Lyotard died in 1998, predating the modern internet, let alone the metaverse, but his challenge to disrupt what he calls the logic of performativity, or understanding the human only in terms of efficiency, that is something we should perhaps heed. He thinks that we need to disrupt the anaesthetic logic of efficiency, with the aesthetic, with beauty, with encounter, with creativity, or that needs to be accommodated in any technological developments we inaugurate. Leotard is looking for a deeper sense of aesthetics, I think, than what we might think of as subjective appreciation of nice and pleasurable things, or beauties in the eye the beholder. What Lyotard means by aesthetic is the opposite of individualism, really. The idea is that we need to engage in collective creative practices which disrupt any form of rational or cognitive reappropriation. He's looking for a deeper sense of aesthetics, an enhancement of human imagination, which is anathema to psychic insularity. Lyotard asks us to think of our technology looking outwards rather than looking inwards in positive terms rather than negative, in active rather than passive sense. The aesthetic, the creative, requires a disruption of the logic of efficiency, of determination, of cause and effect. If we become beholden to these, then we lose what he calls that sense of effect, or a complex effectivity of really being enmeshed in the event. In the event of what, though? Well, in the event of the world the world as it occurs what the scientific technological the engineered worldview what it does or it risks doing is reducing complexity of reducing thinking sophistication nuance to the activity of the machine itself and that's the worst type of nihilism again i don't think leotard is saying don't do science or i don't think that he's a romantic irrationalist I think he's asking us to reconfigure what say a scientific mindset might entail. Science is best when it's science when it's motivated by valuable things, things which Lyotard also values, when science is motivated by experimentation, when it's motivated by resistance, when it's motivated by contestation, what Lyotard calls dissensus Science is an in that sense, defined by its revisability. It retains a level of unpredictability. I think what Lyotard is specifically worried about is when science sutures itself to economics, then we get a bit of a problem, because then knowledge becomes commoditized, and that type of knowledge can only legitimate pre-existing forms of authority. And ultimately, it is a form of desensitization. And sensitization is a good word there. For Leotard we need to maintain a form of sensitivity. I don't think he's saying, you know, be emotional or being emotionally insular. He's asking for a deeper form of intelligence, if you would like. A form of intelligence where we don't just think of the human being in terms of commodification, unifunctionalism, optimization, or just as a replication of informational circuits. The type of human being that Lyotard values is an inhuman one. A human who is distributed, who's contingent, who's different, who is alive to their transformation, to the idea of an event, all those brilliant things, all of those things which shows us that we are alive. And I think it's very important because we are entering a post-human world. I often refer to the geographer and anthropologist the left wing geographer and anthropologist Mike Davis and he famously wrote in his book Planet of the Slums that at some point in 2004 a child would be born somewhere in the world and that child would indicate that there are more people living in urban environments than there are in rural environments and I think recently I was listening to an interview with Neri Oxman, a material ecologist, I guess, who works at MIT. And she made a really incisive point, which even radically transforms the point that Mike Davis was making about 20 years ago. And her point was, and she gets this from the work of Ron Milo, and her point was that we now live in a world where Anthropomass exceeds biomass. So the idea is around about in 2020. There was more artificial man-made objects, so concrete, wooden structures, plastic-designed objects, artifacts on the planet than natural objects, so plants, animals, insects, marine life, and so on. The implications of that are astounding, and it's a simple but very effective point that she was making. Anthropomass is heavier than biomass, so what then does that mean? Well, it means many of the things which Lyotard were foreshadowing, what he was prophesizing. We're living in a world where the separation between artefact and nature is becoming more and more entrenched. Do we embrace that? Do we do that through the metaverse? Do we further adopt the separation between artefact and machine, as some transhumanists would want, making us immaterial objects? Or do we need to try to think of ways in which our technological objects can be reimagined to work in tandem or in accordance with nature? Do we need a new type of thinking? Lyotard's point is that we need a new type of materialism, ultimately. That's what he did in his famous exhibition, Les Zé in 1985, I'm going to say, in the Centre Georges Pompidou in Paris, And in that exhibition, you can look it up online, I'll put a link in the show notes, he says, he tries to show that everything material is that which is mechanised, but we need a new sense of matter, a sense of matter which we can understand in terms of process, in terms of relationality, even intersectionality between nature and constructed life. And only then can we truly understand the human in the inhuman. All right, next time.